welcome to Bad Thought Therapy. I'm back. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning in to my podcast. I'm Sheree Hardy. I am going to attempt to do a series, maybe a three-part series on the purpose of a woman, the purpose of a woman. And usually when I come up with what I'm going to do, there's something that I've seen or heard that has that's just has sparked my um, interest or my blood pressure went up because of, of something. And I just want to share my ideas because sometimes I am that person who hears the beat of a different drummer and I don't know, um, because I'm just in an obscure place, many times some of my um, ideas are not... Um, not heard or thought about so I just want to put them out in the atmosphere just another way of looking at a topic and the topic of womanhood is in the media quite a bit in different ways so I'm going to approach this and with you know this is ad libitum I wish I had more time and eventually I'm going to get there trust and believe my schedule is going to change and I'm going to get to the point where I can really prepare for these podcasts because I think I could give more. But I'm just speaking from my heart about womanhood. I am a woman. I believe I am a phenomenal woman. I know a lot of phenomenal women, and I want to talk about womanhood. Um, I'm doing this because when I'm in conversations with people, usually it is about relationships that's probably the first thing and I think that somehow women have attached their identity and I can't let me just back up for a second I'm not I just, I'm going to talk about women as if you know they're doing something that I don't do or I have not done because I have been here so I just want to clarify that that when I do these podcasts let me tell you I will be the first to admit I am a work in progress and um, I'm not separating myself from this issue, but I do think I have grown and evolved in this area where I know the purpose of a woman and I know my purpose, but I wasn't always there. I don't, I don't think I was in a healthy place. And so that's why I'm talking about this because I think this can help women. When I first thought about doing this, I wanted it to be a part of my mother to son segment because there, there's, there are these conversations about women in relation to their purpose for a man and that kind of thing. And so I, I wanted to just speak to, to men. I have a mother to son segment. And this is when I usually speak directly to men who might not have had a mother or their mother just wasn't available or neglected them or abused them. And I'm sort of stepping in as a surrogate mother to share life lessons that I think are meaningful and empowering. So I don't know if I'm going to put it under mother to son, but nevertheless, here I go. So I want to just talk about womanhood. And so I think, first of all, many people have this idea that um, womanhood, to be a woman, your purpose is connected to a man. And I want to, I want to just kind of deal with this. And usually when I hear this, something like I've heard comments, and and I've heard this quite a bit, actually, where people will say a a woman was made for a man. And I've heard that from young men. 
I've heard that from older men. I've heard that from different age levels. Now, I cannot deny that a woman's purpose is not connected to a man's. Um, But I want to go back because usually when a man says that, he is basing that on what he has read or what he believes about the Holy Bible. Now, and I'm going to do something with this. I I tell you, I got to pray for God to give me some time and energy because I really want to do a book about the Bible. So many people have misused that book, abused it, misused it and abused it. And out of that has come a lot of bad things. And it doesn't have to be that way. The right use of the Bible, the Holy Bible, can empower and inspire and strengthen and encourage it. All of those good things. It can do so many wonderful things. But the misuse of the Bible is the problem. And so before I begin this, I'm going to kind of talk about this because when I, well, for whatever the reason, my view of my womanhood was deeply rooted in the Bible in the past, what I thought, you know, my purpose was. Now, just imagine this, if you believe that your purpose is for a man and you get this for the Holy Bible, what is your life going to be like? Well, you're going to spend a lot of time trying to be with a man. And here's where it gets a little frustrating. What if you cannot find a man or what if a man doesn't find you? Well, then it creates all these problems. So if you believe, if you believe your purpose as a woman is just for a man, solely for a man and nothing else, guess what's going to happen? It is more than likely you are going to be very disappointed, very frustrated. You're going to be in pain. You know why? Because while women are learning that their purpose is for a man and they're being taught how to Uh, let's see, appeal to a man, please a man. Men are not taught to cherish women, protect women, provide for women. So now you have two genders and you have one gender being told their purpose is for a man, but you don't have the man being told what he's supposed to do for the woman. And guess what you have? Brokenness. And that is why I'm trying to do this series because we have a lot of brokenness because men and women don't understand their purpose. And if you are using the Bible in the wrong way, you will be not only confused, but you're going to be very depressed and down. And I want to try to help people get out of this rut because it does not have to be this way. So the first thing I want to say, I want to just talk a little bit about the Bible. Many men, and mainly men, and women do too, I, I did it too, you go back to the biblical story of creation. But the first thing I want you to think about, and this is what I, how I have evolved, is that while God, because we don't know how old the earth is and the planets are and all of that, but I'm just going to say a number of years that we cannot even count. There may not even be a word for the number of years that the planets and the earth and everything has existed. So while God was creating these universes, um, we there was no man there with a pen and papyrus and a quill, whatever they wrote with back then, because they didn't have pens back then. There was there were no humans there writing this down. And so that is the first issue with the Bible that a lot of people misuse the Bible. I will be the first to say 
that the Bible is the most powerful book, if it is used in the right way, that has ever been written. The problem that we have is only about 5%, I would say less than 5%, I would say maybe about 1% of people use it correctly. And this grieves my spirit. I'm sure it grieves God's spirit. So nobody was sitting there with paper and pen, writing down how the earth was created and what God said and what God did. The creation story probably came millions and millions of years after that, when men found a way to create something to write on and found something to write with. So they weren't there. So what is my point? The Bible is not a book that just fell out of the sky that was written by God. The Bible is written by men. Now, some people will say, well, God inspired them. I don't question that, but what does that mean? God inspired them to write these stories. How do we use these stories? Some people take the stories and what they really try to do, and this is where the misuse and abuse of the Bible, they try to recreate this world that existed thousands of years ago. The, the people that are in the Bible are just one group of people. Are They are certain people. And there were other people. They were living and they were connected to God. But this, this particular group of people is written about by certain men, unknown men, scribes is what they would call them, who took the time to write out these stories. So in other words, since God didn't write it and men did, the best way and the only way you really can use the Bible is to read these stories and then ask yourself, what life lessons can I get from the stories? You know, what can I learn by reading about when women were created or a woman was created or males and females? What can I learn from that? How do I take what I've learned and then apply it to my life? If you're not doing that, if you're not taking what you've learned and using it in your life today and, you know, learning how to extract or glean the lessons, then guess what's going to happen? You're going to be confused and lost. And that's exactly what is going on now. So many women are taught that their purpose, their sole purpose, they were created for men. And let's say that that's true, but what does that mean? And the way that most men interpret this, because I've had conversations about this with men, I have listened to men talk about this. What many men believe is that the woman is there to basically do what the man says. And they're basing this on what men wrote in this book that we call the Holy Bible. Many men believe that the woman's body is for men, that she was made for him, um, to provide for him pleasure sexually. That, that's a big deal. And, and some men, even though they have a wife and she's loyal and she's kind and she's beautiful and she's good, they tell themselves, well, you know, I just can't be faithful. God made me this way and he made women for me. And that's what they believe. When the Bible talks about a woman being a helpmate, again, the question is, how do you interpret that? Does it mean that you wash his clothes and clean up behind him like a mother would do? Um, does it mean that you have to go everywhere with him like a two-year-old, like you're his mom and he's a child? What does that really mean? And so what it's about in the end, it's about interpretation. I'm going to give an example. It was so funny because I was talking to a man 
and we were having this conversation about the purpose of a woman. And this man, and, and this is not a young man, so this is what's kind of scary because this is an older man. So he's had a chance to live and maybe think and evolve and reassess his beliefs. But he really believed that the purpose of a woman was to just live for a man and do everything a man said and didn't do, didn't want her to do. And he believed that the man was supposed to direct everything um, about that woman. He was supposed to direct her life, tell her what to do, what not to do, and so forth. So he was in my bookstore and we were talking and he was sharing these things and I was sort of shocked. And of course I, you know, responded with my little stuff. But while we were talking, a couple came in and they're an older couple that I happen to know. I taught their children. So they came in and the, the mother was telling me some things about, you know, something that was going on and she was looking for some specific books. While we were talking, her husband, and th- this couple now is probably in their 60s or 70s. They were not young people. She's, the husband said something like he had to go to the restroom. I think he was, yeah, I think that's what he was trying to say, that he needed to go to the restroom. So she said, okay, well, just go on and I'll be right here and I'll just stay here until you come back and I'll just keep looking for blah, blah, blah. Well, he wanted her to go to the restroom with him. And so she said, well, no, you'll be all right because the restroom was, you know, not far from where my store is and the pub, the uh, mall's restroom. And so, you know, she said, I'll be here, just gone, you know, whatever. They kind of just had a little fuss, but it wasn't anything major. So he left, and the guy later, after both of them left, eventually she got the books, we had to talk. But when they left, the guy said she should have gone to the restroom with him. And I thought, hmm, that's interesting. He's not four. He is grown, and he's able to walk to the restroom on his own. Why can't he go to the restroom by himself? And that's what a mother would do for a three-year-old. No, you wouldn't let a three-year-old go to a public restroom by himself, so she should go with him. That's something that a mother would do. So I I was just, I was really shocked. And so he talked about um, how men, this is an issue for men, because even if their wife is loyal and kind and generous and all of that, men want women to just basically do what they want them to do. And he was serious. He was serious. And he gave an example how he was fixing his car and a truck or whatever. And he called his wife out and just wanted her to stand there while he was fixing his car because he wanted her to just be eye candy. And that's what he believed that the purpose of a woman was. Now is, so so this is the thing about that. If you're a woman and you believe that, then you're going to be, again, I'm trying to avoid women from being depressed and down and frustrated and confused. You're going to be confused because you're going to feel like you don't have a life of your own. And I challenge the notion that God wants you to do everything according to what a man wants you to do. A man is imperfect. A man is not a internal, uh, infinite being. He, he is a finite and limited uh, ability. He is not your God. God is your God, not man. And so everything you do must first be directed by God. Your number one purpose is to be righteous, meaning being in right standing 
with God. You're a human being. You're not a human doing. So the first and most important thing regarding your purpose is you must be in right standing with God. That is your real first purpose. You may or may not have a man. And here's why. Because God is, and I've said this on many episodes, so it's not redundant if you've listened to me before, God, it does not make men do right. He does not put a gun or a knife to anybody and makes them do right. Men have to choose to surrender to God. Not be a God, but surrender to the one who made the sun and the planets and the stars and the moon. And that is the number one issue is that men want to be worshipped and they want to be God. Not all of them, but many of them do. And even if they don't communicate that, that really is something that they struggle with. When they didn't make the world, they didn't make the sun, they didn't make the moon. And I want you to understand, I'm not trying to, I want to be very careful that I'm not trying to bash men um, or speak negatively of men. I feel a great deal of grief for men because most of them did not grow up knowing and learning how to be a man. Many of them did not have good examples of manhood. And you could have a man in your life and still not have a good example of a healthy male and a male that loves women and wants to protect women and provide for her and um, let her be an inspiration. So many men didn't have that. And many men are not taking the time to try to find out how to be a real man. And it's just so much craziness going on because, well, I won't get into that right now, but there's a lot of crazy stuff that's just absolutely insane that goes against irrefutable laws of nature. We're talking about irrefutable laws of nature, things that there are just, um, you, you cannot deny But you have that going on and you have this being perpetuated and it is just sick. And one day, you know, every empire, my sister, one of my sisters had texted me something, uh, something, my other sister, and she reminded us of something that's powerful. That's so it's a historical fact that, you know, the Roman Empire lasted for a while and then it ended. And we could just go on about every empire, you know, the Egyptians, the Greeks. The Ottoman Turks, you know, we could just go on and on. These empires didn't last. And you know why they didn't last? Because they kept doing things to destroy themselves. They kept doing things that went against what is righteous and what is natural. And so therefore, they ended up destroying themselves because they would not let God rule and would not be in right standing with him they would do what they wanted to do. And usually what they wanted to do was to feed their flesh. For them, life was about making sure that they did whatever they want flesh-wise, body-wise. So going back to the purpose of a woman, the woman first, her first purpose, because she was made by God, it is to be righteous and to be good in good standing with God, the one who made her. Her God is not a man. Don't ever forget that. That is your purpose. Now, again, if you go back to the Bible, it's all about how you interpret it. First of all, again, men and men weren't there with with a papyrus or something to write with, writing down the story while God made women and made men. 
these stories were created by men. And the people who wrote this Bible, their culture was a male-dominated uh, society and culture and women did not have a lot of rights and women were not respected and I can give you biblical example after example after example that no minister talks about nobody talks about these things I'm like okay somebody's got to talk about them because what's happening is when people read these stories instead of them learning the lesson how not to treat women what they really do is they say okay so-and-so did this in the Bible for women, I can do this. You know, if David had, you know, concubines and wives, and that means that I'm supposed to have concubines and wives. And that seems illogical to some of us, but that is really what they believe. And they dismiss the biological factors that, that would say to you, no, you don't want to have more than one woman because there's so many negative side effects uh, negative consequences that go along with having multiple sexual partners or having multiple wives and you know all of these different issues there are more negative and bad outcomes than positive but all they can but their their whole argument is if it was the story was written again god didn't write it these are men that's a fact the bible didn't fall out of the sky and people can argue that god inspired them but what does that mean? He told them to put these things in here. So now the question is, how do you use it? What you could learn from David's story is why you need to have one wife. If you really read it with the right, in the right way and with the right purpose, what you end up concluding that, you know what, I'm better off with one wife. That's what you would end up concluding. But most people are not reading with it with that that mindset, what they're reading it for is to figure out a way to do something that they want to do and they use it for justification. And that justification means taking somebody's land or killing people or, um, you know, kicking people out. I mean, people use it, have, have used it to enslave people. It's not about whether or not the Bible is true or authentic. What it's about is how are people using it? And so many people misuse it and misinterpret things that it, we're in the chaos that we're in today. Trust and believe. So that is your purpose. It's going to be part one. I'm going to definitely have to do a part two. That's your first purpose. Now, let's say that God did make the woman for a man. I do believe that in God's original blueprint for mankind and humankind, he wanted men and women to come together. Um, and that they could, he made women unique. There are certain things. This is just a fact, biological, scientific fact. Women, uh, most women have a certain genetic makeup and hormonal makeup that is different from a male, a man. And so therefore they are different. And those different chemicals and how we're made anatomically and biologically make us different physiologically in different ways. And because of evolution too, men and women have a different kind of wiring. So we are different. And I do believe that God meant for us to complement each other. C-O-M-P-L-E-M-E-N-T. That complement to complete each other. But here is the issue. And I'm going back to it and I, that I said at the top of this show. Is that if women are supposed to be there to, to help a man and support a man, what does that really mean? Does it mean that a woman has to go to work all day 
then come home and then prepare a meal after she's worked all day. And sometimes, and work is always stressful. There's no way, even if you enjoy your job, your job is going to be stressful. You work all day, you get up early, you go home, you work all day, you cook. And if you have children, you tend to the children, you help them, you get them ready for the next day. And then after all doing all this work, you know, 13, 14, 15, 16 hours of work, then when you go to bed, you're expected to be so filled with energy that you can please your husband in the bedroom. That is unreasonable. And that is not your purpose. And in fact, when people use the Bible to talk about women in that way, in terms of women, you know, just there to please a man, but then they, they forget one key factor. The women in the Bible had servants. They did not work. They didn't work anywhere. They had servants and maid servants, and they had all these different people. And the only thing they did have to do is have sex with their man if he wanted it. But that is not our modern day setup because we have to go to work. And most men do not make a lot of enough money to do all that because back in the day, they didn't pay rent. They didn't have a mortgage. You'd have to pay for where you stayed. You set up a tent somewhere and you could and you sold and, you know, you built your, it usually was agriculture, but there were other things and you sold your goods. But see, now we have something called taxes. You have to buy everything. You have to buy your food. You have to buy for a place. You have to pay for a place to stay. You have to pay for transportation. The government requires that you have insurance. So they didn't have all that. So you can't, it's, it's ludicrous to try to recreate a relationship biblically when the, the factors in modern times don't match up with the biblical. It's just crazy. So here is what the, per, the second purpose is. Yes, a woman can be made for a man, but what does that mean? She is made to inspire a man to do better. She is made to be his helpmate, but not someone to be his slave and his servant. And that's the part that people miss. If you want a woman to be your helpmate, then you have to set her up in a way where she can really be help, helpful because she's not going to be helpful if she's stressed out. If she's got to work for eight or nine hours, and then you expect her to come home and cook. And it's people that really, really believe this is supposed to be the way for women. Can you believe that? And this is why many times I noticed something. At a certain point in my life, I started noticing when I saw a man and a woman together, many times the woman looked, looked older than the man. Now, sometimes it's not like that because I know somebody in my family, one of my aunts, and I just saw a picture of her tonight, and she looked good. She's 78 years old. And she looked beautiful. She looked absolutely great because she has a man who loves her and cherishes her. And that is the real purpose of a a woman. She is to be an inspiration for a man to help that man do right and stay righteous. And that's the whole point because whether you're a man or a woman, everybody's got to be looking toward God. And that's what a woman's gift is. She is emotional and spiritual many times, and she's focusing on those things more than a man. And what she can do, she can inspire men to focus on God and to be humble and to see things that he might not be able to see. It is not to be a slave to a man. 
It is not to be a sex worker for a man. It that's that's not the purpose. And and this is what people are teaching. There are people actually in churches and other religious groups. They're teaching this, and women are miserable. I've seen pictures of women from all over the world, and they look 20 years older than they should. They're tired. They never get to rest. They work all day. They work all night. And everything that man says, they have to do. And some of the stuff that they have to do is sick. It's wrong. It's sad. It's evil. It's just just flat out wrong. And I have had conversations with men. And I'm thinking about one in particular. And it was something so dark that he felt like, oh, you know, if two men do this, then, you know, it's bad. But if a man does it to a woman... It's not bad. And what he was talking about was totally unnatural and goes against anatomy and biology. And he was saying that this was okay. What if a woman really believed that? She would be messed up. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this is part one. I definitely got to do a part two and three. I see that red light, so I have to go. But I hope this helps you. I'm going to get deep into this in part two. Peace and blessings. I'm Sheree Hardy. This is Bad Thought Therapy. Take care.